Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. What We Started aims to establish itself as the defining film of the electronic music genre. Through an artfully uh, crafted narrative and stunning visual techniques, the film delves into the highly popular world of electronic dance music, providing a backdoor access into the widely misunderstood, self-driven, and well-insulated industry on its way to global domination. That is the uh, hmm. sort of the backstory of this uh, film, a uh, terrific new film called What We Started, and today we're joined by the co-directors of What We Started. That would be Bert Marcus and Cyrus Saididi. Gentlemen, welcome to Film School. Great to be Thank here. Well, well, let's start at the, the sort of the origins of the documentary um, in terms of uh, where the idea came from and then moving forward to sort of how did you guys begin to work together in in putting to, um, what we started into into uh, motion. Well, it's actually a funny story. I mean, Cyrus can probably chime in here, but we, we actually met at, a, uh, at, the, at the Hollywood Bowl um, at, a, uh, at an electronic dance music show, um, you know, and Cyrus being in the industry for, you know, over a decade and myself who, you know, have interest, had interest in the genre, but was really a, a filmmaker and just a lover of music, really. Um, we actually met, we actually met there and, uh, you know, Cyrus had come to a couple of my screenings. He can talk to you about that, but, uh, you know, he was just like, wow, you know, what if we were to do something here? Um, you know, the story hasn't been really told properly here. And, uh, so yeah, I did, I did my own diligence, you know, when we were at the show, um, it was brought to my attention that, you know, there wasn't really a definitive film on this genre, um. We, you know, I noticed all the fans and people just so immersed in this culture and this uh, in this music scene. And and you know, when when he mentioned to me that there hadn't been anything really definitive or anything done properly on this genre, you know, we we kind of agreed at that moment that you know, let's do something here. I think we could we have a phenomenal opportunity to make a you know a, a timeless piece um, that that really can uh, capture. Uh, the spirit and the resilience that this uh, this music stands for, and so you know, the goal was to make uh, an all-encompassing film of the 30-year uh, history of electronic dance music, which was why I was particularly drawn and inspired uh, to make this film. And so Cyrus can kind of get into you know us meeting in his background. Go ahead, Cyrus. Um, it was really cool because we were at this Hollywood Bowl concert for an artist called Avicii, and uh, Bert and I had briefly met before, and we didn't really know each other much, but I had been to his. Uh, screenings of a couple of his films, uh, particularly um, uh, How to Make Money Selling Drugs, which I was super impressed by, and yeah. it was pretty much my favorite documentary of the year, um, yeah. and I thought that at that point, it would be an amazing um, collaboration to work together on bringing a story that hadn't been told before to the screen, <clears throat> especially because, you know, I always had this, like, um, industry perspective of it, and everyone that I knew that I'd tried to make film about it before was pretty much from the industry, and Bert had the subjective point of view, plus obviously being a filmmaker, um, the combination I thought was really a good one. And, you know, at the end of the journey, I'm quite, uh, I'm quite happy with the final result of the film. Well, I, I, will, I will echo your, your sentiments. I think it's a, just a terrific film. 
uh, for a lot of reasons, but as storytellers, I thought you did a wonderful job. And as I alluded to earlier, getting back into sort of the history of, of dance music, going back to the 70s and, and moving forward, gives us this wonderful kind of overview and perspective. And also to understand some of the history in terms of it's hard to dis, uh, to divorce kind of electronic music and dance music from some sort of cultural uh, prejudice, cultural. There's some other things going on in this. And I think one of the reasons that makes this music so liberating is because there is this kind of outsider feel to or uh, culture that's, that has for a long time been a part of that scene. Um, tell me. Is that is that uh, Cyrus? Is that is that sound feasible? And yeah, yeah, um, yeah. When I when I first actually was exposed to electronic music as a teenager, um, it came in the form of raves and rave culture was sort of this, this sort of you know underground warehouse um, illegal uh, event space that would be put on every weekend by different promoters, and it would have to be hidden from the cops, hidden from you know officials. Um, because one of the things about electronic music is that uh, it would go run into the hours of the night, and also the fact that um, there wasn't really much alcohol consumption, it wasn't in the clubs, um, and the numbers where people attending these things were so massive, there were no clubs that actually could contain yeah. these numbers. So essentially they were illegal. I started going to raves for a couple of years, and at that point I kind of got the itch to join this like coalition of promoters that wanted to make sure that raves were legalized. And that was a battle that was happening actually across all of North America. I was in Canada at the time, but we, in our film, we actually cover the two most important figures in this particular fight. Um, and also we have the ACLU lawyer that, that was involved in this, in this particular um, battle with the government in terms of turning the legislation over, um, which we cover very yeah. well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was kind of like fighting the fight in a small city of my own in Canada, in Vancouver, but in Los Angeles and other places that were really major markets in the United States, this battle was being fought with the authorities. So um, I think Bert is really good at actually shining a, you know, a light on this matter, but uh, of, the, of it being a story of human resilience. And I'll pass this on to Bert because he's really good at explaining this yeah. part of it. Yeah, Bert, go ahead. Well, yeah, I think, I think the, the, the main thing and what I wanted to do as a filmmaker was really hopefully differentiate it from other documentaries and, and films that have featured electronic dance music. I mean, there are so many facets of the history of this music that people don't know or understand for that matter. The story of the music is one that is deeply rooted in, like we just mentioned, human resilience as the music almost disappeared uh, because of multiple authorities trying to shut it down for such a long time. Yeah. And it's important for people to know that this music has struggled uh, for its survival, that it's even a more reason why it's so gratifying to see the massive success of this genre and why I think a lot of the guys in our film who have put their blood, sweat, and tears into the industry for the last 30 years um, have been able to really support what we're, what we're doing and be extremely, um, you know, all in on, on, on this film. And for us, it was really important as well to, um, you know, many people also don't know that the origins of the music, you know, and... Uh, is really, it's really a U.S. story. The origins of the music and uh, where a lot of this music came from was Chicago, Detroit, New York in particular. Yeah. Uh, the music began in America, and we realized that most, uh, most people in the U.S. who are enjoying the music today actually don't realize that this has such an American origin story. And we wanted to make sure to tell that part of the story as well, because I think, for me at least, as someone who 
was not from the electronic dance music world before this film, that's something that really surprised me because I immediately thought, okay, this comes from Europe. Um, yeah. You know, all this, all this music is coming from Europe and the sound's coming from Europe. And I think that's what's so fascinating. And, you know, there's so many different subgenres and types of music that morph into other types of music. And I even think people we've interviewed don't even know all the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the genres. There's, there's so many. Yeah. And so that's what kind of makes it interesting to me. Um, you know, and there's also this huge division between the underground and the mainstream, and we were able to kind of bring those together because yeah. the interesting fact is that they do, in fact, need one another. Um, right. So it's kind of, you know, that was something that I found really interesting that we were able to incorporate all, you know, all facets of the industry within the film and, and really shed light on its effect, not just on music, but American culture. I want to remind our listeners that we're speaking with the co-directors of the film, What We Started, and that would be Bert Marcus and Cyrus Sadidi. And I echo what you said, and I want to just, I don't want to put too much of a sort of a political spin on this, but I, the, you have someone commenting in the film, and this was in reaction to the disco night uh, disaster in Cleveland that, you know, people, there was a backlash against disco. Why? Because it was primarily associated with African-Americans and gay people. And I, I think that 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 is sort of it's I don't think that's too far from the surface for people who are familiar with the history of of this music. But the other thing that strikes me about this is that it was always there was always almost a fanatical sense of loyalty to this music from the very, very beginning. Um, Cyrus, is it is that is what explains that? Um, yeah, it's a tricky question. I think that um there is definitely a very uh, hardcore subculture when it comes to electronic music. Um, there is a few matters that kind of created this insulation of, of dance music. I think when it was an underground form of music that was the revival of sort of disco, the 4-4 beat came back around about five, six years later after death, the death of disco. And it was sort of like, um, I guess, you know, in a couple of really small underground clubs in Chicago, it took life again. Um, uh, it, it created the scene where the outsiders and the people that weren't really accepted or weren't really involved in going in, you know, into VIP clubs and, and sort of like exclusive scene clubs, they found this place where they could go and dance yeah. and just be free. And also they didn't want to drink, really. Mm -hmm. um, and then when it took kind of, and, you know, music needs obviously money to survive. And there are two ways where music makes money. One is two tickets, people going to events, and one is two record sales. And the problem with dance music was that it was primarily um, instrumental and also primarily single-driven. And so radio had no interest in this. And obviously, Bert can comment on that because he comes from radio background, but radio had no interest in this. Therefore, record labels had no interest. And in America, that made no sense for any businesses to get involved. So the music was pretty much dying. Um, it somehow caught on in the UK and in Germany, where those two countries sort of became the incubators of the sound. And it took off in sort of this massive rave culture. And in that sense, there was a huge political aspect actually tied to it because Germany at the time was going through the East, East and West divide. There mm -hmm. was still the Soviet bloc situation. And so politically, a lot of the kids who were disenfranchised felt that they'd found a home in this particular um, um, anti-establishment subculture rave culture. And in the UK, um, even though it wasn't so much the Soviet side that had the effect, there was this huge sort of political and um, economical decline in the 80s that, that, you know, left people without jobs, without money, without sort of any hope for the future. And therefore, the youth, again, found 
this culture to be this, this sort of safe place for them to go to. And they flocked to it by these huge numbers. Yeah. So the numbers we, you know, were increasing to be you know, rivaling the size of massive pop concerts, but they were actually illegal and they were in the, in, in outside in the fields outside London, which we cover in the film. Yeah. Um, it got to be so big that actually in Germany there was an event that happened in Berlin um, that within a few years, by the mid-90s, had reached about 1.5 million people, and it was called the Love Parade. That's an amazing, um, so that's that's an amazing, sort of the, sorry, yeah. that's an amazing scene in the film. I just want to point that out, but go ahead, sorry. Right, yeah, and, and one of the, that's actually my favorite part of the film, when, when we have a, a clip from um, Ronald Reagan that says, Mr. Gorbachev, tear this wall down. Yeah. Um, that, that wall coming down in Berlin, and sort of the same, same area where that wall is, is actually where Love Parade um, started their sort of like uh, parade on these like trucks with sound systems, um, and the same streets that Hitler used to march his armies on, um, the Love Parade was actually happening. So the whole premise of the Love Parade was to bring people together. It's one of the um, cornerstones of the um, sort of ethos of electronic music culture, which is unity, um, and that's sort of what yeah. what my favorite aspect of this particular culture is that that we brought to this film and. Um, Bert's mention of, of, of the resilience aspect of it is that people actually fought for this um, culture and music to stick around despite the fact that there was no one who believed in it. The music industry turned its back on it, and um, it becomes a story of human resilience because if the people had not risked their pretty much livelihoods, um, and many actually li- lost their livelihoods to kind of make sure that this particular industry survives, um, the music would not be here with us today. Now, of course, we face a different world where um, the, the entire record industry is pretty much running on electronic music. Films have turned to electronic music. Um, and, yeah, we're in a good place with it now. But the, the story is something that the kids today who enjoy the music and go to festivals don't really know. They also don't appreciate and know the history of it. Um, and they don't know people like Carl Cox. Yeah. And uh, for me, it was an amazing accomplishment for us to actually get Carl Cox uh, to be one of the... the, the He's in this film because he's actually the most respected figure in the industry. Um, and I really commend Bert and his company for choosing to go with Carl Cox as one of the leads because he's not your typical star. He's not someone who has 10 million followers on various social media platforms. And he's not an easy sell. But to tell the story in an honest and integral way, um, he was the best choice. And I really am, you know, the best part of partnering up with Bert was really the fact that he, as soon as he learned who Carl Cox was, he jumped on it. Yeah. Well, I think juxtaposing his story with Martin Garrix, who's now the number one DJ in the world and producing, you know, albums for Justin Bieber and, you know, tracks for Usher and Ed Sheeran. And to juxtapose the the number one rising EDM star in the world with a legend like Carl Cox, I think it was a, a story. And having these guys be the two driving forces of the film creates a story that is unexpected, that's unique, that's completely, I think, through uh, a lot of the industry is for a loop a little bit. Um, I think a lot of people are just wondering how Carl Cox and Martin Garrix are the two leads of a film together. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, I, I, I think that's what makes it fun and entertaining. And uh, as a filmmaker, the goal for me is to make a, a not just educational film, because this film is, it's, we, we want to make fine cinema and something that's a lot of fun as well. And, you know, we didn't tell the story, the historical aspects that you guys are talking about, as important as they are, the reason I think that they, you know, hopefully resonate in this film, even to a younger demographic, is they're not told in a history lesson way, and it's not even told no. in a linear way. The, yeah. whole, the whole film's told in a nonlinear fashion, and 
um, you know, and it, like I said, the, the idea is to hopefully throw you for a loop, and uh, there's a lot of unexpected uh, moments. So, you know, I think that's what makes the, the, the film a lot of fun. Well, Bert, uh, as, as the audience, um, I can tell you that any good film, any great film, you need to be able in some level to either relate or under or want to know more about the, the, the people in it. And I couldn't agree more. Carl is a terrific, he sort of is one of those people when you meet, I'm sure he is just kind of Buddha-esque kind of quality or it resonates with this kind of, you know, sense of calm. And, and yet at the same time, obviously through his music, he's able to express a remarkable range of, of uh, fun and, and uh, joy. And then with and then with Martin, you're seeing somebody just beginning who isn't quite grasped exactly. He's opening you open the film with him. I believe it's Ultra that he's going to be playing at for the first time. And, yeah. And you know, sort of it's beginning to sink in what he's gotten himself into, and it's it's very humanizing, and it's a great way to introduce us into this world and to see these people as they, who they are as people, as well as remarkable uh, musicians in their own right. So. Uh, my hats off to you for for going down that road with these two, and it, it's just it's a really terrific watch just on that level alone. So, uh, oh, thank you. Well, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to make and extremely enlightening, and especially for you know myself not growing up in the uh, dance music world to work with such amazing, iconic legends and influential people in the music and electronic and electronic dance music world. You know, we're, I was really humbled to uh, you know gain the trust of everybody and. You know, like we mentioned, the goal for us is to keep it, you know, very authentic, very real, and uh, and something that hopefully can be timeless and transcend the industry. So yeah. it was a real thrill for us and, and something that we were uh, really honored to make. Yeah, let me just l- remind the listeners that we're speaking with uh, the co-directors of the film, what we started, uh, Bert Marcus and Cyrus Sadidi. And also, I do want to mention, you, we're talking about all these different people, but uh, Tiesto, um, Seth Trox- Troxler, uh, Richie Houghton. I'm going to butcher some of these. I apologize. No, you said it right. I won't correct you. Yeah, David uh, Goetta, as well as Afrojack. And there's a ton of people throughout it. Peter Tong, all kinds of people that uh, Moby is in it. Um, but uh, but so many more. I mean, I'm just sort of scratching. If you want to throw in some more, I'd be happy to get out of the way. But. Um, <laughs> Just a lot. Uh, disco, I mean, I'm saying Donnie Disco is in it. Uh, a lot of people yeah. in this. It, uh, we also have the uh, pop, pop perspective where with people like Usher and Ed Sheeran yeah, as well in yeah. the film. Yeah, and the film is premiering. It's this world premiere at the Los Angeles Film Festival, and that's tomorrow night. Now, it's sold out, kids, so don't try to get in. But it will be a good place to go to find out more, and I'm going to just presume to go to Bert. Uh, bertmarcus.com and you can see a link to it. I don't know if there's another uh, site for people to go to to find out more, but that's well, that's how I got to uh, to the information. Bert b e r t m a r c u s dot com, and then there's slash what we started slash. You can find out more. Uh, any other suggestions? Or I know it's you, you were talking earlier about a theatrical run coming, so people should be aware of that as it uh, keep your ears. Yeah, it will uh, be available everywhere. Uh, yeah. You know, hopefully within the next few months, this is yeah. the festival premiere. And uh, you know, we, we were it's awesome to open up in LA, especially being an LA native. It was uh, it was awesome to be able to be the opening night of the LA Film Festival. So yeah, that's extremely exciting. And you know, we're pumped for tomorrow night because we get you know guys like Carl and Mo- Carl Cox and Moby and 
Paul Oakenfold and uh, well, Eric Murillo, amongst many more, will be there. Yeah. Uh, it'll be an after party that they're going to be performing at, a lot of surprises. So, uh, you know, going to be a great time and uh, really excited to the rest of the world to see it pretty soon. Pretty soon. And keep your, yes, as, as that is terrific. And uh, it is it is such a fun watch. And it's also uh, really kind of inspiring in terms of the depth and the breadth of the different kinds of music, as well as the people behind it. These these people, while there may have been, you know, the, the sort of the, the, the press play guys that didn't like the whatever, that all, all that kind of stuff, it does, it, it feels like all those things are, uh, just uh, a distant memory when you watch this film for uh, for it's terrific. So con- congratulations to both of you for the film again. What we started and as I said, the co-directors are Bert Marcus and Cyrus Sadidi. Thank you so much for being here on Film School. Oh, thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.